Hello and welcome to the Hobby Studio. I am Megan and I am here with a man whose pile of potential is taller and wider than he is himself, Michael. Hi. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. Um, okay, um, we are here. We are a new uh, podcast. Uh, we are going to be doing a variety of games um, in, in, in this show, uh, not just in my normal show, uh, Age of Empire, we're not doing just one game in that show. That's Heresy. We're going to do a multiple. We are. Yeah, different across games. the board. Across the board. So, um, and that's the plan. So, what um, have we got in store for us today, Megan? Well, we are covering um, Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl. Yes. Yeah, had to think about it there. <laughs> Bolt action. Bolt action. Yeah. And um, paint slam. Paintsland, excellent. So um, what we'll do is we'll run more or less straight into them um, and um, we'll meet you at the other side when we discuss Paintsland. Okay, guys, uh, I am here and I'm joined by the incredible Dom Saw, um, who uh, is a well-known guy in, I say, the wargaming community, I would, I would have to say. I think infamous might be the right term. Uh, yeah, that might be. That might be. that might be. I mean, I was, I, was, I was on in a group the other day and someone was like, when you're just reading around for some uh, influence and then you find the articles written by Dom Saw. Uh, I, I think that was... I've done the odd one for War Games Illustrated. Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay, so um, bearing that in mind, um, can you tell us a bit about your background in gaming and how how did you get into it and what you're playing at the minute? Um, I started way back when, when my brother invited, my younger brother invited me to come to his friends to play D&D. Oh. Way back in. <laughs> um and that was D&D <laughs> as well, not your D&D. &D. Um, yeah. Then moved on to, so that was with Russell, and me and him got into Fantasy Battle, uh, third edition. Um, and I then moved on to Epic. Then I discovered beer, kebabs, and sex. So all that stuff went by the by, quite a common story um and then i got back into it probably 10 or so years ago um after my daughter ran off in phoenix and i picked up a yak nine airfix kid oh and then a discussion in a pub with a friend who i've known for even longer than that turned into me talking about painting models and he went oh well i do warhammer I'm like, you do warhammer and it's it, it just flourished from there so i got back into fantasy battle um started going to a club in Blythe and then they started bolt action. So I ended up picking up bolt action and then various other things after that. Yeah. Including saga and well, I've got a shelf of rule books for various systems behind us. I've even got a shelf of things that are out of date. So things like the old Judge Drake game. Um, saga version one things like that mm. but it, 
generally I play I play bolt action, I play saga, I play um kind of fire and fury and a couple of other historical games, sword point as well. Awesome. And then there's the Mortal Gods and Test of Honor. Um, Baron's War. I'm a bit oh. of a sword fanatic. Um, nice. It helps that I edited the Baron's War rules. So if there's any editing mistakes <laughs> in that, that's, that's all my fault. Uh, <laughs> cool. Awesome. Uh, so what we're going to talk about specifically today is bolt action. So I guess, what is it <laughs> exactly? Um, it's a 28 mil large skirmish. I think is probably the best way to describe it. Game. Yeah, because it's, it's not quite skirmish. It's a bit, but it's not like, yeah. yeah, it's a bit sort of in between sort of like 40k type of battle size battles. And yeah, you've got, it's, yeah, um, I um, suppose it's platoon level. So that's, yeah, you, you'll have four or five sections in a, a standard point game, you know, that somewhere between 750 and 1250 points you're going to have four or five sections depending on how many platoons you've got but you, mm-hmm. you're talking 60 figures maybe yeah yeah and who publishes the game is it that's um it's published by osprey in conjunction with warlord games cool. um i believe as i understand it osprey publish it warlord kind of do everything around it yeah, and it's um, um, Rick Priestley, isn't it? Uh, Rick uh, and Priestley and Alessio Cavatore did it originally. Cavatore, yeah. yeah. And then second edition, I think Rick had taken a step back by that point. Well, Alessio mm-hmm. was the, the main driver of it now since mm-hmm. second edition. And obviously they've got a, a, a long... Uh, you know, um, heritage in the wargaming community. So they do, they do, and it is a game um, which, if you've played any of the old Warhammer games, including Historics, uh, you will notice some things that Ooh. have definitely come through. Um, it's D sixes to hit, it's D sixes to kill. Uh, use two D six for morale checks, as they're called in. Bolt action, but that, they're, they're the same as a leadership test in Fantasy Battle or 40k. Yeah, you know, it's mm-hmm. it, it's very much based around that d6 and six inches of movement or shooting, basically. Right, fantastic. Okay, and um, I mean, what's so what what so you've already mentioned that it's kind of a uh, a platoon level game, so what kind of I suppose um, size and points levels are we talking about there? Yeah, um, if you take a, a a regular infantryman is ten points. That's a regular mm. infantryman with a with a with a rifle. Um, you've got three experience levels: um, inexperienced, regular, or veteran. Kind of all the point. We'll, we'll stick with regulars. Yeah. Um, most games are generally between 750 and 1250. You can go bigger. People play smaller. There is a, a sort of individual version called Firefight, uh, which is based more around like a section, so you'd only have 10 figures or so. Sorry. Ah, right. Uh, this one is platoon level, so a platoon's normally got three sections. Depends on the army. 
Um, but you'd have sort of a, a core of infantry and then you add on things like machine guns and mortars and mm. artillery and vehicles. Fantastic. And, okay. I, 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 and I think there's a tank war variant, isn't there? Just, with just, just tanks as well? There is. That's, that adds in what's called an armoured platoon, which have vehicles and tanks as their, their mainstay rather than infantry sections. Um, you can play infantry yeah. platoons against armoured platoons. Um, mm-hmm. Some armies work better like that than others. The the tank mm-hmm. war supplement is good for getting things like lots of tigers on the table. <laughs> yeah. And things like that. Um, maybe if you want to refight Battle of the Bulge. Mm-hmm. The movie version, not the real one. Yeah. Tank it's war is... The real one was very different. Yeah. But tank war, you know, and it's one thing to realise about bolt action. It's not a simulation. It's a World War Two inspired game. Yeah. It, like many war games, it's a skin over a system of playing. Um, yeah. As you know from board games, board games are kind of that. They're a way mm-hmm. of playing, and the theme is almost an add-on to the game. Um, as long as you don't expect yeah, a simulation. So it's like a theme. Yeah, and it it could have been anything. It just happens to be World War Two. Yeah, cool. Uh, Okay, so I mean, how would you say it differs from, say, Warhammer 40k, which I think most war gamers are familiar with in terms of its mechanics and and stuff? It's definitely similar enough to cause confusion. Um, Taking taking fighting as one example so Warhammer 40k and Bolt Action both roll a number of d6 to hit Mm -hmm. Um, you then roll the next lot of d6 to wound the difference is generally in Bolt Action nothing is saved there is no save roll so you're taking that that part out medics Ah. can change that but only for certain hits but generally there are no saving saving throws so it cuts out the step um but then you've got things like rangers and everything are very similar to to 40k Mm. for example pistols are six inches which if my memory serves is right on 40k there are a few weapons which actually do just have that six inch range um yeah flamethrowers don't use templates in bolt action but in many respects, act the same as flamers do in 40k, or did. Yeah. Um, the biggest difference is it's not I go, you go. So I don't do ah. all of my stuff, and then you do yours. There mm-hmm. is a there is a dice bag, um, and you put every unit gets an order dice. Yeah. Um, and you put so me and you, if we were playing. We would put mm-hmm. all our dice in the bag together, give them a good shake, and pick them out one by one. Ah, right. If the dice so comes it... out, they get to pick. Ah, right. So you're not rolling the dice for the orders, because I saw the order dice, and I was like, oh, what's, what's them all about? Are you rolling for the orders? No. Um, you can. It just adds a complete, completely different right. randomness to, to the thing. The ah. order dice are there to mark what order a unit has had. So you know right. which unit has gone. And 
you know, so some orders carry on, uh, like ambush. You, you mm-hmm. turn the dice to ambush and put it next to the, to the unit. If they're down, they get, they're harder to shoot at and things like that. So you would put them down so you know they're down. Um, the others just basically let you know that the... Uh, so that's quite clever. So it's like a turn marker, status, an activation marker at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's actually really clever. <laughs> I like it. It is. It also, like, I think one of the worst parts about I Go, You Go games generally is that you often just sit there and wait for the other person to have their go. And yeah. When you when you've got a sizable amount, like going back to my fantasy battle days, if you've got oh, a yeah. 3,000 point army, and like I play Dark Elves, so I generally don't have that many units, but mm-hmm. if I'm facing someone who's got Skaven, you know, their turn could be 20 minutes before. Yeah, I, I was like an Empire player, so I had long turns. Yeah, you, you've, you've got lots of figures to move about, <clears throat> and even if they've got movement trays, you've got to be careful and you don't have this, there's always something happening for each player. Now, whether that's you're waiting for your turn and and wondering, oh, if he does that, I'm going to do this. But if he does that and that fails, I might do that. You know, it, ah. and you'll get some turns where you're, where you're praying your dice don't come out so you can go oh. last. Yeah, I can see how that would be. So there's a potential for double, perhaps even triple turns and... Kind of, but you 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 never all like all the dice always come out. So yeah, if you get so all yours up front, yeah, you're you're gonna be stuck. Yeah, later on, not be able to react. So yeah. very random, but I suppose that's a bit more like war. It really is. Yeah, and yeah. it 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 can change within a turn as well. So mm-hmm. start of the turn, I might want the first two or three dice out. And then they either go really well or really badly. And I'm like, right, I don't want to do anything more now. I need them. I need this unit here of my opponent to have acted. Cool. Before I can do my next bit that I want to do. So there are always decisions and choices. Yeah. So a bit more thinking. Yeah. And a bit more interaction because you're always involved. So there's the there's less downtime. Cool, awesome. And um, so, how would one actually get started in Bolt Action? What would you recommend to do to to to, to crack on with it? If it was me, I'd get the rule book. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's an easy to read book, and you will refer to it a lot. And I there are a number of campaign books, but I would ignore them at the start. Mm-hmm. You get now. Not in the current situation, but normally I would suggest you, you, if you've got a local club or something, you go along and see who plays. Like so, um, I live in Whitley Bay. We we have a club. Um, I'm happy to show anyone bolt action anytime they want. Um, I've got a number of armies which you know I'll bring. I'll I'll spend a couple of weeks of my club nights showing you how to start to play the game from from the ground up. Um, and if if you manage to get that taster and you want to continue, you're kind of looking at choosing your army. Um, there is no one better army than the others. All of them can win. 
it is a bit more balanced like that. That's mm-hmm. not to say you can't build a list that's tough. It just means generally in a in a friendly game, you're not gonna come against something that you can't beat. Awesome. So you you know, you pick a I picked Italians because I wanted Bisaglieri because they've got feathers in the hat. That's that's why I picked my first army entirely. There was that's it. Um and I got the Italy and Axis book and the rule book. And I would go from there and, and stick to the rule book at first, just the the, the main army of book, because that's what you get armies armies of the US, armies of the Soviet Union, armies of Italy and the Axis, armies of France and the Allies. Um, yeah. Get that one book and just stick to the units in the book to start with, because there are 20 something books all in all. Um, can't remember how many of them are campaign books off the top of my head. They add extra thing, extra units, extra choices. It's just easier to start there. Um, if you only like plastics, you've got less choice. Mm-hmm. So, again, for example, the Italians don't have any plastics, um, infantry or anything. They do have one lot of plastic tanks from Warlord and another one from Rubicon either on the way are coming. I mean, on the way are out already. Yeah. Whereas the, say, the US or the British or the Soviets or the Germans have lots of plastic options. You could almost build a full plastic army without... Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, I'd gone for uh, early war Germans because the person I was going to start with but since moved away, so that, that project sort of got left aside for a minute. Um I've got a night the stuff I've got, I've got resin, metal, and plastics, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. You you get all sorts. But um once things change, Michael, um mm-hmm. I'm happy to give you a game with my home guard, if you like. Oh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> they are when the great panjandrum comes out. Yeah. Which I so took well. to a tournament in Paris and confused everybody. because <laughs> um, they had no idea what it was or what it did. Um it's very silly. It didn't actually do anything in any of the games other than confuse my French opponents. Cool. And, of course, you, you've already sort of mentioned there are other um, manufacturers out there as well, not just Warlord for getting the models from. So Yeah. There are, there are, it, it's 28 mil, which is... Um, we'll try not to start a scale war. Uh, the vehicles <laughs> are 1 in 56. Yeah. That's, that's what most people produce them in. Certainly Warlords are... The mm-hmm. figures are 28 mil, which is basically one in 56 height, yeah, or one in 48 shoulders. Um, it, it's heroic mm-hmm. scale, and 28 mil is in aesthetic, not scale, but generally, the near enough. The only thing I would say when on scale is if you go for one in 56 or one in 48, just pick one. <laughs> there is a big difference between the two, a noticeable difference between the two. Uh, but other than Warlord, you've got Rubicon who do a lot of vehicles. You've got Great Escape Games who produce mm-hmm. a lot of the more esoteric forces. They've got quite a decent range of Greeks and Romanians. Uh, who else? They've got Hungarians. I think they've got some Bulgarians coming as well. Uh, Perry do some really nice desert rats. Oh, yeah, I've seen their, their stuff. They're nice. Yeah. They're more kind of 
true scale one and fifty six. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got someone like Offensive Miniatures, Salt Group have quite a range of Japanese, including some of the more odd things they have, um, as well as I think they've got US Marines and a couple of others. Um, Artisan have some Germans, Black Tree Design have a number of ranges. Then you've got Kromlech, who a lot of the 40k fans will know, who have yep. a range of um, Polish. Oh, very nice. nice. Yeah, and they're very nice. They are more like Perry's rather than Warlords, so the more mm. one in 56 kind of true scale rather than um, heroic scale. Mm. Nothing wrong with that. And they're just the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Um, you add in something like Futsal's very British Civil War range, or yeah. War range, which is what most of my home guard are. Um, Eureka Miniatures, they've got some things like that. Excellent. I'll have to put a, a list in the uh, show notes as well. Yeah, uh, JTFM, they do vehicles, Company B, <laughs> Trenchworks, who, who Warlord sell as well. So many, so many awesome options out there, really, isn't there? Yes, that is the good thing about it being real world rather than fantasy with restrictions on uh, copyrights and trademarks and stuff. So, yes, yeah, that awesome is one of the best bits about it. And if you know, you get little niche ranges like um, Infamous JT does a range of Warsaw Uprising figures, mm-hmm. including oh. the the Cubus. Um, which was a homemade armoured vehicle that the Polish Home Army made in Warsaw. And I think he sold more than what actually made in real life, but it's a bit like Stugs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, so many options. Oh, the other thing you do definitely need is a set of order dice mm-hmm. uh, for, your, for your own army. It's Generally best if you've got two kind of contrasting colours, just in case you turn up to a club night or an event and the opposition's got the same dice as you. Ah, uh, right, yeah. So you see, so you might like want to say if you're doing Germans, you might want grey and red, perhaps, or possibly like yeah. lots of German players have the grey ones, lots of British players have the olive ones, you know. Yeah. Um, if you have a different colour, either you can both use your dice or you've got another option. The chances of them both looking being the same, if you've got two and they've only got one, one of them should stand out enough to be able to be used. Right. Fantastic. Okay, cool. Um, now, there's, I think it's fair to say there's a bolt action community is very much veteran war gamers. So, in a lot of games like that, they can be sort of almost insulinous to the community. I haven't actually felt that with myself when I've been sort of dipping my toe into bolt action, but how welcoming would you say the community is in general? It's generally very welcoming. Um, I wouldn't say it's actually veteran war gamers. There are um, quite a few new people who join. Mm. The general community online is a little less toxic than some communities we could mention. Um, yeah, I can definitely, I, I can definitely see that. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's, it is a friendlier thing, and even the tournaments are friendlier. Mm-hmm. There's 
I enjoy going to, to tournaments and events because it's generally a good laugh. That's that's what you get. You don't get a lot of the... Um, you still get the kind of players that we all know that you kind of rather wouldn't play against, but they're few and far between. Oh, right. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And um, just touching on paintings. So I suppose... Um, when I looked at bolt action, it's a very, very different painting style. So I think a lot of gamers might be used to uh, and might have played in the past. So um, in terms of that, what kind of painting standards are expected at uh, events and clubs and tournaments and that? Because I think that's that is something that can put people off if they see a painting style. It's like, oh, that's so different to what I'm used to, you know? It's, yes. Um, w- one thing about painting World War Two things is unless you start doing some of the weird German camo patterns, generally everyone's tunics are one colour mm-hmm. um, and the trousers are another and they have less equipment and they don't have skulls and little paper bits hanging off them. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So it's it's strange because the figures are probably easier to paint in many respects because there's, there's less to them. Mm-hmm. They don't have as much equipment. They don't they're not as big um it's all very muted colors as well you're not trying to get a bright pink generally um Mm -hmm. or a bright yellow which you know that's a terrible color to try and paint um they're all greens and browns they're all paints that have got good coverage which means they're easier to, to to paint overall and one of the nice things about bolt action events is i can't think of one where nothing was painted ah that's good it's like everything's painted personally like the only reason i paint is because i don't let myself play with unpainted models yeah i don't, the care. <laughs> I, I don't care if you if you do or don't that's got nothing to do with me i only let myself play with painted models because if i didn't i'd never paint anything and all mine would just be bare metal or plastic that's, yeah, I'm the I'm the same, and I, I also think it sort of shows a bit of respect for your opponent that because I mean it's I've got all the time in the world to paint, um, so I should you know show my opponent a bit of respect by giving them something painted to play against. Whereas I understand others don't necessarily have that time, so yeah, if, if that makes any sense. But it, it, no event I've ever been to, or even any club games, would anyone give you any stick for not having painted things yeah you know it's it's one of them things where everyone paints the paints their stuff although i dare say i've seen unpainted things i've just never taken any notice because it's you know you want to get new toys on the table everyone does and but people make the effort when they go elsewhere to make sure they've got something painted fantastic and obviously uh there are some very specific colours, uh, thinking uh, yeah. German field grau, um, and thankfully there are which, that which, I've noticed. Which colour of German field grau? Uh, yes. There are a number of shades of that. I'm sure someone will put the meme up. I, I, uh, I've got into the... Um, I, 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 I've found that there are many, 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 many <laughs> opinions on field grau. And um, none of them are wrong and none of them are right. Yes, so, <laughs> so I've definitely learned. Yeah, you, know, uh, you can go very specific and like 
I'm kind of the, the kind of pain, painter who likes to get it right, but mm-hmm. I don't care if I'm not spot on. Yeah, and so, you know, thankfully. Thankfully, there are a number of ranges out there. Uh, Vallejo Army Painter that have got very specialist colours for uh, World War Two games. Yeah, um, I uh, Vallejo great. I've got the full set because that's just the kind of person I am. Um, and they've they, they've got some good ones. I would add in Ammo. Oh yeah. By Nick Jimenez. They've got some really nice colours, and they're kind of they're built for going through an airbrush. They've got some really good weathering products as well, sort of Vallejo. Um, but you can also use the contrast paints. Mm-hmm. One of my next projects is to do some D-Day Americans who will be done in contrast paints. Ooh, very nice. Just to, because it's easier in some respects. You just whip them on. There are, there are plenty of guides out there to, yeah. to get what you want. The Flames of War guides are mm. really, really good, especially for the mining nations, like the Romanians and the Italians that I've done. That I couldn't have done them without the Flames of War colour guides. Fantastic. Um, okay, now this is a bit more of a serious question, but I suppose, how would you reconcile the idea of playing with armies like the Germans, the Soviets and the Japanese? And, silly, uh, alert on the computer i've I turned that off <laughs> uh, by that i mean in most games your baddies are stereotypical saturday morning cartoon villains but in bolt action they're very very real and they committed atrocities which you know we never want to see again so how do you walk the line between playing them but not glorifying them in a way i suppose is the, so that's something i struggled with with my choice of deciding to play germans it's sort of like i keep on the thing if i if i i can't really celebrate if i win a game really can i <laughs> um, there is a big difference though between playing an army and mm-hmm. glorifying what that army did historically yeah and what that nation did um i chose italians you know they, they oh. don't exactly have clean hands no, well well Someone will make the argument that all armies did bad things. They do. This is the nature mm-hmm. of warfare. There are some armies who are nations who systematically try to do nasty things on purpose. And there is a big difference. But there's a, you know, the glib and simple response is someone has to be the baddies. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like me, I picked Italians because they've got silly feathers in the hat. That's why I picked mm-hmm. them. Um, other people will pick SS because they get all the what's known as the cool camo patterns. Mm-hmm. Me, personally, I'll avoid the SS like the plague. One, because of the SS. And two, because I don't want to paint camo. I'm lazy. Yeah, I d- I, I've made a choice to, 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 to not do SS at all because I just don't want to. <laughs> I don't. I don't have Italian Paris because I can't be bothered doing doing the the, the camo that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my choice. Most people who play the games don't have a strong political opinion about them, one way or the other. It's mm-hmm. it's something that happened. It it you can pick any any period in history. Take take um, the Mongols are a prime example. You know. Genghis Khan rocks up outside a 
city and says surrender they say no the whole city gets put to the sword when he when he conquers it there's yeah, the obvious atrocities during world war ii which the game doesn't try to minimize but at the same time they're not part of the game yeah you're not you're not setting up camps you're not doing anything like that um it's not easy to reconcile for some people so mm-hmm. some people like i say won't touch the ss they won't touch the japanese um having one of those armies doesn't make you a bad person yeah um, you've, you've known me well en- enough to know that even if i've got japanese you know i don't support them politically yeah <laughs> i've known you well enough to know that you've got germans you don't you aren't a nazi you know yeah um cool that doesn't mean that doesn't exist mm-hmm. um i do admin the two big bolt action groups on facebook and we have removed people who have had that attitude towards towards their armies. Um, yeah. That's not very often. I can think of maybe 10 or 20 people over the six or seven years, maybe more now, actually, that have been kind of involved in that side of things. Awesome. Well, that's, that's good to know. It's, it's, it's such a low number. Um, awesome. And um, okay, so I, I will actually put links to those groups in there, and which leads very nicely into the next question, the last question, uh, which is, where would you recommend people go to find out about starting the game? And indeed, where can we see more of your work? Well, local groups, I think, is a great place to mm-hmm. start. Um, the Bolt Action Facebook pages and Bolt Action International uh, are quite nice. The there's a long story as to why there's two, but basically Bolt Action International is a private group. So if you want to get involved and don't want your friends knowing that you're into nerdy stuff, because there is that old joke about war gamers hiding the war games magazines inside pornographic magazines, because that's less embarrassing to be caught with. <laughs> um, the Bolt Action page itself is, is a public page. They're generally quite nice. Um, and if, the pages where if you have any trouble you uh, you speak to an admin and the admin will sort you you get times when it goes the other way but that's that's the nature of social media in today's today's world you can't have it your own way warlord have their forums which i believe are still going somewhere i haven't looked at them myself in a long time so i don't know (laughs) Um, i'm just having a quick look yeah, the forums are still there. They'll give That's you a more detailed bit and involved. It looks like plenty of people getting involved on there, which is good. Um, my personal stuff is infrequently updated on my Facebook page and my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Of Don's Don's dice. Dice. Don's dice. Yeah. Um, it, you'll get something every day for about a month and then I disappear. And it's normally because the, the hobby I'm doing is kind of um, mental rather than physical. So I'm editing something or writing something or, yep. you know, my hobby streak tends to tends to not just be painting. Yeah, which is not a bad thing at all. <laughs> no, no. But, like, local groups in the Bolt Action pages on Facebook plus the forums, Warlords forums, they kind of 
few good places. Good places then, yeah, there there are some podcasts out there like the Juggernauts and well, there was Bolt Action Radio, but I think they've kind of stopped. You know, there there are a few out there though. There, South Wales, Warlords, possibly. Um, they they're long involved podcasts, which is no good for me because I've got a short attention span. Um, <laughs> sorry. That's all right. Uh, fantastic. Okay. Well, I think that's uh, that's about all we want to cover today. Um, we'll definitely have to have you back on again because I think we, we're going to talk about Saga next time. Yeah. Uh, really really <laughs> and, and hopefully we'll do some more on Bolt Action as well. I am always happy to help or point you in the fantastic. direction of someone who knows more than me. Awesome. Brilliant. There's one or two out there somewhere. <laughs> Okay, guys, uh, I'm joined now uh, by Stephen uh, from uh, North, no, South Tyneside, isn't it? Tyneside, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting myself all mixed up between North and South there. So, uh, anyway, uh, right, so we're going to talk a little bit about Blood Bowl because it's just had a new edition uh, released, which I think is, is this the fifth? No, sixth? It's, I, it's the sixth edition. Sixth edition, it's, yeah. It's, you, it's, it's not the first, sorry, it's the third box set. Yeah. It's been one recently. Uh, I started playing it uh, 20 years ago uh, when it had the old metal. Yes. Yeah. White lead, you want to call them up. Oh, yes. Uh, okay, so I think what we'll do first of all is we'll just speak, we'll just get a little bit of background about Stephen as well. So we'll ask him what's his uh, background in the hobby, you know, how long he's been in the game for, and uh, when when he got started. So um, fire away, Stephen. What's your story, as it were? Well, I started many many years ago. I think it's nearly. Um, I started playing a game called Hero Quest. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. My friend got us into that, and I was hooked. I then went and bought the Road Trader. At that time, literally next to no miniatures. Mm. So I had the original Space Marine box set, RTB1s. Uh-huh. Years long gone by. Um, I collected some Space Marines, which were Dark Angels. Mm-hmm. I also had a massive Undead mm. Nice. Massive, 200 skeletons, and another one weight Sounds awesome. Uh, cool. And uh, I think you said you worked for GW at one point as well? I did, yes. Um, just before my son was born, who is now 26. So that shows you how long ago I worked for GW. Sorry, I didn't quite catch the edge of your son there, sorry. I thought uh, my son was about 26 years old now, so... Oh, so it was before you someone. Wow, so that's gone back a while. Was that in your Newcastle store? Uh, I started in the Metro Centre store. Ah. The Metro Centre, long been old. Uh, and I started working there. And 
for a promotion to Shrewsbury. Nice. So, store manager at Shrewsbury. Oh, so maybe some, some of the grognards might remember you. <laughs> I went from Shrewsbury to Harrogate, and then I was actually the manager of Sunderland, so I came closer to home. Ah, was it still in that little um, little place it still is now? Aha, uh-huh, yes. Yeah, it's more like a cupboard than a store. Uh, Shrewsbury was basically the size of a garage. <laughs> yeah. It was about the size of a garage. You could literally get one eight-foot by four-foot board in it, and that was about it. Yeah, yeah. There are some very small stores out there. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Okay, cool. So, uh, and what armies are you painting at the minute or collecting or playing? Oh, right. At the minute, are we? <laughs> On board here, I have a massive uh, army. Yep. Oh, Admec, yeah. Yes. Uh, liking that lots. I was so pleased when the Skatari came out. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I was as well. Over the moon. It was for quite a while. Um, I've got a decent sized Furial Fist army. Mm-hmm. Also doubled up as the 30k army. Oh, 30k. Which, which are you collecting in 30k, sorry? Uh, it's Imperial Fists. I can use them in both. I've kind of tweaked it just enough. So the whole three in Mark and Rama and use them both. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the other show I do is a, is a heresy show. So, yeah, we uh, got a, an Imperial Fist player on there. So he'll uh, he'll, he'll, he'll be very interested. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I only started playing Age of Sigma last year. I uh, a friend of mine on a death army. And I expanded on that to include Flesh Eater Courts and Pythons going by the Mortal Realms magazine. Nice. Yeah, that's and a very good magazine. It is very good. I'd really suggest people will get it. It's, it's very worthwhile. And I've also got a massive uh, Age Sigma uh, Stormcast Eternals army. Awesome. Cool. Okay, so I suppose we'll get into the, to the meat of why we're here today, uh, which is to talk about the new season of Blood Bowl. So, I mean, I know what it is, but some people might not know what it is. So how would you describe what Blood Bowl is? Uh, Blood Bowl is basically a two-player game on a pitch. And you have two teams. It's basically rugby, American football, and violence all thrown in the one. That sounds about right. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's, uh, lots of. Uh, I remember from back in the day, you know, you, um, when I first got got started, and you had and you had the, all the team names crossing over, like the um, uh, the Auckland Raiders and. Yes. Uh, yeah, and the green skin was it the green skin Packers? Green skin Packers, yes, I believe it was, yes. Lots of uh, very, very cool, uh, cool team names. So um, it's just yeah. absolutely good for being white metal at the time. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I was playing Warhammer Fantasy uh, first time I was sort of exposed to Blood Bowl, and. Um, I got my Chaos Dwarves, so that was uh, that was me happy because it was about the time that Chaos Dwarves were like um, essentially kicked out of the store because they didn't make them anymore. That's right. Yes, uh, the basics cancelled, and then uh, you can get them in Forge World now. 
Oh yeah, yeah, you can get them from Portal as well. It's just fantastic, and I keep meaning to do that. So I will one day. Well, I've got some somewhere, but yeah. So um, yeah, so it's as you say, it's basically American football in um, thing, and it's uh, it uses a lot of similar mechanics to um, to to the old Warhammer games, or it used to. Uh, yeah, it's very turn-based. Yeah. It, it is all turn-based. The, the downside is, if you feel to do something, it'd be called, it's called turnover, which means then your opponent gets to do all his things. Yeah, so it's a very thinking game, isn't it? Yes, you've got to plan ahead. Yeah, because... Uh, strategic. Yeah, do all the easy stuff first, and then try your difficult stuff. Yes. Yeah, so... Uh, what kind of teams, uh, you know, again, I'm asking these questions rhetorically, but I'm trying to be the listener, as in, uh, <laughs> might not necessarily know. So what type of teams are in uh, in Blood Bowl? What type of racism? Well, in compared to 2016 version, you've actually got the two teams, which are the Imperial Nobility team, which are kind of like a, a human team from the old style. Yep. Is that the start? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you've also got a Black Orc team, which is a brand new team as well, mm-hmm. uh, with primarily Black Orcs and Goblins. There's no Orcs in there. And in the box, for the first time ever, you actually have star players and big guys. And the star players are the ones that are set statistic for the game. So you've got Griff Award. Yeah. Any brand new set up, I believe, is his third or fourth inclination. Yeah, I mean, I've got the last. Grip model from Old World, and I'd it's nowhere near as nice as this one. No, this one is a little bit harder to put together, mind. I'll, yeah. I'll that. Yeah. Uh, you've also got Varagul Gaul or Gaul Chua, the Black Orc team. Again, massive, massive upgrade in that model compared to the Old World one. He's bigger than a Black Orc. He's mm. massive. Yeah. And you've also got two big guys, which is the first time you've had them in a box, which is an ogre and a troll. Yeah, so the big guys are like, um, oh, how would you, you know, your big muscle players that. Uh... They're, not, they're not very bright. They're guaranteed to punch people, but, but, but you won't, won't do much more than good. Yeah. They'll not pick up a ball, not score a lot of touchdowns, but they will all year. Yeah, and that, that's pretty much universal for all big big guys in the game as well. Yeah, uh, and for the first time as, as ever as well, you now have referees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they're no, they're, they're some really the, he's back and, and first for the big ball. Yeah, they're really nice models. Definitely, um, they've definitely gone out their way to make some extremely beautiful models in this game. So. Uh, and then other teams you've got. I mean, uh, one of the good things I like about the new rulebook, and before we mention the rules, is the way they give you an almost rating for the teams. The tier system, yes. Yeah, so it's like for the first time out, I mean, we all knew, I mean, let's face it, we all knew that playing with halflings was playing with a hand behind your back. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and dice that were completely crooked and always landing on a, on a one. So, but it's like for the first time ever, they've actually put into the rule system, although it doesn't actually have any impact on the rules, a easy way to say, to see, yes, this is a team that is going to do really, really well, or this is a team that's going to do, be 
a challenge to play. Yes, I think they've made it a lot easier for somebody who's just starting to go, right, okay, this is it here, one team. So yeah. that tier one team is easier to actually work compared to a tier three team where it needs a lot more thought yeah. behind it to get some wins. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's, a, that's a really good thing about Blood Bowl. It, it is very, you can go from having your, your really easy team like your, um, I'm just trying to think of a tier one team off the top of my head. I'll have to, I'll have to grab the book to open it, but um, sorry, even I believe are a tier one team, aren't they? Well, that's yes, which I happen to have. Oh, nice, yeah, yeah. I just painted the Skaven team at the beginning of the year, so uh, I I, I look forward to that. But they are nice because they're fun. But you've got lots of archetypes, like you've got your your halflings, which are hard to play, yeah, as you said, your Skaven, so your rat men, um, you've got your. Elves, dark elves, um, they've got wood elves, haven't they? They have elves, yes. Uh, but they don't. I don't think they have uh, high elves yet. No, you have the elven union, which you can kind of as high elves. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's lots of uh, there's, there's lots of cool teams. And one of the things I loved ever since when the Blood Bowl 2016 edition was introduced, it was kind of, in my opinion, they were kind of trying to be a bit more serious. You know, yes. these are serious models. But as Blood Bowl's gone on uh, 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 over the past four, well, nearly, well, four and a half years, we, we've tended to go, we've gone a bit more towards the ridiculous, which is what Blood Bowl was always about, at least when I was a kid. It was very tongue in cheek, and I think they're returning to that idea now. Yeah, because I mean, you've got the, um, I mean, my favourite are definitely the necromantic horror with the, uh, you know, the. Tongue- and, and, and the ridiculousness of the, the, the snotlings. Yes, uh, you've got quite a few snotlings and two pump wagons in the team. I think yeah. there's many snotlings, which is yeah. quite. It's, it's, I've got the sheet in front of me, so 16 snotlings. Yeah, plus your pump wagons. And I, 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 they're, they're definitely on my, um, on my list to, to grab at some point, but. There's so many cool teams out there now, um, which is amazing. And it, you think where we've come from when it was just literally three box teams. Sorry, no, four box teams initially with uh, with the uh, with 2016 edition, wasn't it? Yes, you've now got actually eight teams with actual figures. Four. Yeah, and then a bunch of resin stuff as well from Forge World, which is great. Uh, and also in the rule book, you can increase that 18 teams to 21 by combining some of these teams together. So, for instance, the... Yeah, they've got the Old World Union and... The Old World Union, which is dwarfs and humans. Uh, and the And you've got the Underworld Densians, which is Stephen yeah. and Goblins. Yep, they're a, they're, that's a very fun one. Yep. And you've also got the Chaos Renegades. Oh, yeah, I forget about them. Because they yes. that, that seems relatively... That wasn't... I mean, I remember them from before, but they're, they're, they're definitely gotten a bit more push this time. Well, they're primarily a human team, but you can include an orc, a dark elf, a skaven, and a goblin. Yeah, yeah, can, I think it's one of each of those, isn't it? Yes, and you're also allowed up to three, which it's... Huge, three, three big guys, yeah, yeah, because because you can get the uh, the 
ogre, the minotaur, and the rat ogre. And the troll. And the, oh, you can have the troll as well. Oh. Have three of any of those, but you can have, only have one each. Yeah, I forgot about the troll, but of course I'd have the troll. Excellent. Okay, so I think um, what we'd like to sort of cover now is what would you say are the big, big changes from what we had to what we have now? Well, to be honest, it's a very similar game, yep. but it's a lot easier to play. Uh-huh. Included okay. some simplified rules. Yep. Included some extra abilities for your teams. Yeah. And they've increased on things like the, the tournament player, uh-huh. exp- uh, exhibition games, and actually how to increase your, 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 your gang or team or whatever you want to call it, skills-wise. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, so it's it, it's really taken a lot of the content that, let's face it, that's what we played Blood Bowl for. You yes. Know? You, you, one-off matches are fantastic, but where it really shines is league play. Yes. Um, I actually have suggestions to start off. Instead of you starting off with the one, one million gold coins, which yep. used to be the only way to start playing, and then you play games and the team would get skills, start player points, you get more cash, troops, so on and so on and so on. Now that actually in the rule book, they'll say, right, okay, if you want to have an exhibition game, say you're playing for 1,300,000 gold coins. Mm-hmm. Those extra guys. And you can also say, right, we will agree on 36 star player points. From 36 star player points, you can buy skills for some of your players. So yeah. you're not starting off with a bog-standard basic team every time you play. A lot of people find it hard to play a league. So you have four or five players all want to play, but time constraints, normal life gets involved, and it's quite hard to do. So it's made this a lot easier to get bigger games in or better games. Yeah, because before your exhibition games were like, yeah, it's a million, a million credits. You can get 12 maybe 13 maybe 14 players depending on how many little guys you take in uh yeah. you're lucky and now yeah. it feels the like and so forth are the chaos chosen teams who are very struggling hard to get more than 11 players yep so now it feels like a, a more at least to me it feels like when you're having an exhibition match you can actually have an exhibition match that feels like a league match yes and you're always struggling to put in star players. Yep. Just for the points. Definitely. And I, I think they've taken a lot of inspiration for this from the um, the video game. Yes. Which, which is, uh, which is for, let's be honest, that's, that's one of the ways that the community thrives so much for all these years, uh, especially pre-2016. I unfortunately only play the Xbox game, the Xbox game, so being there, able to comment on that yeah i mean i've got it on the xbox as well uh and the uh and i've got it on the pc in a, a humble bundle i think it was but uh, um it's it, it is very good and there are games of it going on all the time uh, very important in this pandemic and i think they are releasing a third edition uh, sorry a third version of the game with the new updated rules yes uh, i think that's not far away to be honest yeah i think they gave no they i know they gave out public beta 
uh, keys with the um, new edition box set when it first went on sale. So, uh, although I didn't get that at the time. So, um, the other thing that I think is a fantastic change is the way they've actually split. Um, they they put the pass skill out as a yes. skill as well. I mean that that was like it, I remember that being a thing when I was a kid. So it's a, it's a very different breaking from the norm where now passing is a lot of hard to do because unless you have pass skill on your stat, you can't pass. pass. Yeah, and not every player has that, so it, it sort of makes their roles a little bit better defined. Yes. It, it sort of like streamlines the game in a sense so you're not having to say get linemen to give them, make them a thrower. Your linemen are there to soak up a lot of damage. It's your positionals that are ones that you're going to increase on. So on. Yeah. And I think the, the other big change was changing it from the old, you know, rule of might taking away from seven, uh, and it's just a straight up dice, uh, uh, you know, attainment thing like a, a, a five plus and a three plus. Changing so it's matching, say, yes. for instance, the forty k and the new age of Sigma. Yeah, which I so think, instance, I think on a three. I think that's so a big now, because people just didn't get why are we doing this? Why can't you just say, um, you know, what you've got to get? It makes a lot more sense in that aspect. You need a three plus to do something, but then you have to include them with the buyers. Yeah. And more beginner friendly as well, isn't it? Definitely. If somebody looks at it and says, right, okay, you need a three plus to throw that ball, you roll that dice. If you get a three, four, five, or six, you've done it. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I think the the other big change, we've got the um, the sort of... Um, uh, the the regions, I guess, as it were, uh, that have sort of been uh, not the regions. The um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's almost like the regions. It's the uh, the sort of uh, where am I? Looking? You know the that I can't remember the world. Is it the regions? Are you meaning for things where certain people can play with certain other teams? Yeah, yeah. So it's changed from just being this player. Yeah, like you, you had Morgan Fogg. And it was like he can play for everybody but this team. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> going in the special rule, for instance, is Badlands Brawl for an Orc team. So yeah. anybody who has that ability is able to play for an Orc team. So yeah. all players, if they have to have the Badland Brawl special ability, then they can play for an Orc team. Yeah. If so- they have Old World Classic, then any of them can play for, say, like a human team or a dwarf team. Yeah, and it, it seems to have, um, at least in my opinion, kind of streamlined that a little bit. Yes, it, it makes it a lot more concise. So if you're looking at the star player, all oh, right, who can he play for? Uh, for instance, there you go, Wood Elf teams. It's an Elven Kingdoms League. Yeah. If you look at the star players... Plays for any team with either the Badlands Brawl or Underworld's Challenge Special Rules, which uh-huh. is Black Gobble. So he can't play for a Wood Elf team. Yeah, so really, really simple. Yes. Uh, and I think that's kind of been the um, the overall philosophy with this version of the game. It's, it's simpler, yet at the same time, more, uh, this probably just sounds good, more, um, more complex at the same yeah. time. 
that makes any sense. It's, like, there's, there's more, it's the fact that what you can play with who you can play. Yeah. A lot easier. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's a lot more accessible as a game, but it has made it just you know they, they, it's sort of. Um, so I'm terrible at this word stuff, and I'm supposed to be a podcaster. Uh, <laughs> right. What I was trying to say is, it's it's a really simple and easy game to get into now, and I think they've made it a lot easier to get into if you've never played Blood Bowl before. But you do have the incentive to go further and deeper because it can get a lot harder and very difficult to master. Yes, I'll definitely agree on that. The, the box set itself, for what you get in it, the contents is... I, it's absolutely got to be one of the best value box sets that I have seen uh, GW do for a very long time. Was it? Uh, it, it it's, it's just silly um, good value. Um, I mean, for is it eighty pounds that GW? So you can get that. You can get that. You know, fifteen twenty percent off depending on where you go. Yeah, but so for got, eighty pounds, you're getting two twelve-man teams or twelve dynamically posed coloured plastic teams. Yep. Plus, plus your big guys. Plus two big guys plus two star players plus two referees. Yeah, it's it's. And it's just, just phenomenal for the amount of figures that you're getting in. You're also getting two sets of dice and the two different coloured dice as well. So you've got the red yeah. ones, which you can use for the mobility, and the green ones, which you can use for the Black Walk team. Plus you've got your full pitch, and I think it's double-sided, if I recall. It, uh, it, yes, one side is Grasslands, and the other side is Astro Granite. Granite. So it's approximately 90 centimetres 90 centimetres by 54 centimetres wide. Yeah, and, and you got your templates that you've pretty much got a full set of everything to play with. I think the only thing lacking is uh, is paint and paintbrushes and glue. Uh, yeah, you do need glue to put the figures together. They're not snap fit. No, no. Or easy to build, I should say. Yeah, but it's just, I mean, looking at the paint jobs that people have done already, they're just absolutely phenomenal. There's so much detail on these figures, it's unreal. Yeah, I mean, it goes to show, I mean, compare these to the old white metal and lead, and it's like, it's a world of difference. Even the old plastic single pose figures are just, these are by far much, much better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the Black Orcs have got to be one of the best looking Blood Bowl teams I've ever seen. Oh, they're mean as hell. Oh, yeah, they look, they look like they could rip you a new one. And yeah, so that's a, that's a, absolutely amazing uh blood box set and i love that they did astro granite because um i remember back when they had the uh, polystyrene astro granite pitch yes with the pre-imprinted uh, tiles or squares and it was a lot smaller in those days and it, I, I believe it wasn't in one piece it was in four pieces yeah 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 of course because the board is bigger which means your old templates won't work from as in right. 2016 but yeah, they do actually give you a throw-in template. Yeah, they give you all the templates. Yeah, all the templates are in there. The throwing, the throwing oh. template, the 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 passing template, and the uh, scatter uh, template. They're all in there. No, I, I mean the there's a, a template diagram for how far you can throw the ball. Oh yeah, there is in the book now, isn't there? Yeah. So it's six squares by six squares, 
Yeah. You can scroll whatever, and it actually tells you what is a quick pass, what is a short pass, and what the modifiers of those are. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's really, really, really good. Um, I mean, I love this game, and I can't wait to get a game of it uh, myself uh, once this uh, horrible lockdown is uh, lifted. Yes, I haven't had a, a game in quite a few months now, so I'm starting to be itching to get a game. Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, just want to roll some dice. I mean, I got the Skaven dice and card pack when they came out. Yeah. Um, which is kind of bad, because I realise I have three sets of Skaven dice now. Three? <laughs> yeah, they did one when it first came out, then they reissued them with a slightly different design. And then they just issued a new one, and I didn't realise I bought all three. <laughs> it's fun. But, and then I was looking on the prices on eBay, and I'm like, I should really, really sell those. Um, <laughs> there is cheat sheets, cheat sheets that come in the box, which is oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah, they had them in the old edition, and they were absolutely invaluable. Cause it's oh, a, wonderful. Yeah, because it is a really, really deep game you know your weather can change the uh the, the weather can actually change the the actual makeup of the game which is uh, phenomenal uh you've got your fans going mental uh yep. there's so much going on in this game that you, i think there's a fear that sometimes you can get overwhelmed but it's so the cheat sheets really lay everything out so pages long and it goes section by section by section yeah, can't. it's such a simple way to do it. So, yeah, that definitely. So I, I would you if someone wanted to come to Blood Bowl for the first time, how would you say they should get so they should um, they should do it? Well, for one, buying the actual box game, it's really worthwhile. You yeah. might even get some of the old 2016 versions, which has got the old team and the old human team. They're yeah. still models, still worthwhile. Oh, yeah, they're still lovely models. But for this, just buying the box set alone is enough to be starting with. You will need some polystyrene glue, unfortunately. Mm. Like I say, the, the not snap models. Great way to start. And what you want to do is you and your friend sit down, have a quick look through the cheat sheet, and then start a game. That tells you everything you need to do. Yeah, and I think because it is simpler now, if you do want to start it with your other half, I think they're less likely to be sort of, no, it sounds too complicated. I, I don't want to do it. I definitely found that with my other halves. They're now actually more interested in playing the game because the rules aren't, you know, don't require you to subtract from seven. Yes. It makes it a lot more simple. Anyway, awesome. So I think that's about what we want to cover. So um, thank you for joining us, Stephen, and hopefully we'll have you on again. You are more than welcome, my good friend. Right, so you may have seen in the past couple of years the hashtag PaintHammer, especially on Michael's huge number of instagram posts it's not that many is it well yeah you okay. paint a lot i do i do, do. i do okay so, uh, 
Yeah, so Paint Hammer, it was a hobby log um, that's been set up by um, our friend Jessica, um, Jessica Smart of Jewel Knight uh, Jess Mini Painting. Um, but this year it's got, she's given it a bit of a new name, Paint Slam. And I'm looking at the notes, I don't think we actually explained why she changed the name. I'm not sure how you know. Why did she change it? Well, she changed it because Paint Hammer is very Warhammer. It is, you know, uh, although in the get the, the although it's always been about any system, Paint Hammer evokes Warhammer. It does, yeah. And by changing it to Paint like Slam, Paint Slam is more. It's more open to other systems like your bolt yeah, actions yeah. and your and your Elder Scrolls and yeah and stuff like that. So. So it's more open to other systems, basically. It's... More open, yeah. So well, the, it... the name's changed. Yeah. But it's, it's in essence the same thing. It's a hobby log. And you use it to um, either print out or put onto your computer, your phone, any smart device you want, um, chisel it into a piece of rock somewhere. Um, and you basically keep track over the course of the year what, what goals you wanted to fill and what you've painted and what you've been doing. Yeah, um pretty much. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's really handy. The logs laid out. I mean I'm looking at last year's log right now and it's laid out you've got your game system, what you painted, number of models you've in that unit or, or you know model, uh the running total, which is really handy to keep track of, yeah. and your date of completion, as well as the space for any goals that you have although i don't tend to fill this out because mine tend to be quite long yeah you you have huge lists of goals yeah. i have small <laughs> amounts of goals i i tend to just put the um the one most relevant to the log itself which is the total number of models or something i want painted which because yeah. it gives you the running total so it's easy to stick there true true very good yeah yeah so um, when basically um, when you've finished some models, you can you're encouraged to um, share them. You don't have to. You're not required to, but you can share them on social media. Use the hashtag PaintSlam21. Um, everybody can see what you're doing. Um, Jess, if you tag her, um, uh, Jill Knight Jess, that is on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we'll retweet it, and she features people on her blog. Yep, she does. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we've been, I've been doing this for a couple of years. You started it last year. I did. Um, and last year. So what, what did we actually do last year? Last year, I I forget what my goal was last year. I think it was to paint was a, model, to, for a model for every, for every, day, every week. No, every... Was model for every month, because the... But in 2019, I hardly picked up a brush. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to pay a unit a month in in 2020. And I started off the year really strong and smashed out some some 40k Blood Angels. Yep, you did. And helped you do some scenery for... Company of Legends, Legends. that never happens. Never happens. But <sighs> we did the scenery... Yeah. It's there. It's we've there got, for when it happens. We've got it's scenery, guys. We've got 15 tables of scenery, guys. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I, I kind of fizzled off from there with the pandemic. Just It just dampened my enthusiasm to paint. Yeah, yeah. I think some people it was a case of the pandemic either absolutely destroyed your motivation to paint because you couldn't game 
or it just ramped it up and you were like, yes, I'm going to go. I think I was kind of the opposite. I ended up doing, oh God, 1,413 models last year. <laughs> 120 of them were chain rasps, I'll point out, but still. I painted 52. Yeah. Bit of a discrepancy there. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, 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 I'm just having a quick look. I, I did like 11 pages of this hobby log. So, wow. You know, quite a lot of Death Cora Krieg. There was some de- quite a bit of Death Guard. A lot of Blood Ravens. Um, scenery, a lot of Night Haunt. Um, yeah, so it was, all good. it was all good. It weren't all for me, you know. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that was, uh, oh, I got my Militarium Tempestus finished. I got a 2,000-point Tau Army painted, 2,000-point Stormcast Eternal Army painted. Still no Warhound on there. <sighs> the Warhound will get done this year. <laughs> this year. The Warhound's getting done this year. So what are we doing this year? What are our aims this year? Yeah. Um, I went to sleep. <laughs> yeah, you put your notes on the iPad and it went uh, to sleep. Yeah, and it went to sleep. So my <laughs> aims, um, I... Well, pretty much like... Like last year, my aim is just to paint more than I did last year. So I want to paint more than 52 models. That's not going to be hard. Oh, you've got, you did all those um, Stuff Fables models, didn't you? I did do the Stuff Fables models, yeah. yes. Board game. Board game models. Very good yes. board game. By, I don't know who it's by now. Um, it was by Played Hat, but they've been spun off back to the original creator. And I think it stayed with Fantasy Flight. Okay. This is a tangent. Yes. Do we need a tangent warning, siren, like on, on Edge of Empire? What for when you talk about manatees? We're not talking about manatees. No. No. This is a manatee-free show. A <laughs> manatee-free podcast. Unless the audience demands it, I mean. <laughs> Seriously, there was an incident with a manatee uh, in January, and honestly, we, we, we had to delete the posts because... Everybody just posted about this. And it was not a nice thing either, to be honest. But everyone was all like, oh my God, have you seen this manatee? Yeah. So that was a thing. Anyway, yeah. So you did do, you did the manatee. The, the, uh, bit of a manatee tangent this time. I did the manatee tangent. Yeah. Okay. So you're always blaming the, the other guys from the manatee tangents. And actually, guys, it's, it's Michael. Yeah. Michael's to blame. Okay, blame him. I'm blaming you. All right. Uh, are there any specific targets yeah. you've got? So specifically, so basically 53 models or more I want to paint. And then I want to paint, um, I want to get round to orcs. So a thousand points of orcs, mm-hmm. of which I have currently managed to paint 60 points. As of time of recording. As, as of time of recording. Um, which is, you know, that's good. It's only the very beginning of January we're recording this. Uh, to be honest, so, that could be like a hundred orc boys for that many points. It could be. <laughs> it's nah, five you've models. A, you've got a fair few. It's five you've models. got a fair few biggins to to put in there. You've got I a morconaut, a gorkonaut. Um, you've got the the the, the was bomb blaster jet thing. Yes. A few buggies. So some yeah. interesting things to put in. Flash gets. Yeah. Yeah, we'll and, get there. Uh, I want to improve my edge highlighting because. I since starting to use a wet palette, I've realised that um, it's a, I can't actually edge highlight. <laughs> yeah, wet palettes really take. If anybody is 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 on the is on the you know is sort of thinking wet palettes not for me because that was me. I was like oh, wet palette that seems like a really advanced painting technique. It's probably not something I'm going to do. But seriously, wet palette took my painting from my edge highlighting anyway from here to here. 
it's it's a big jump and you can do that because you can thin the paint down better you're less tempted to go oh i need a bit i can't be bothered to thin it down on the palette i'm just going to grab it straight from the pot no you 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 thin it down on the on the wet palette it stays wet for For me it stays it actually stays wet whereas when i was using a palette the reason i'd be more tempted to just take it from the pot for doing a small bit is because it it dries when yeah it dries on the palette Really so quickly. quickly. Yeah. So by the time you've actually done a few lines on the model, it's dry on the palette, so you have to take more and water it down again. Whereas on the wet palette, it stays wet. You can leave it and come back to it if you put the lid on tightly enough. Yeah. Um, ours are just Tupperware containers. Yeah, I got my Tupperware t- container from a Chinese takeaway. I had a chicken omelette. Lovely. Um, and all it is is literally a piece of kitchen towel. Uh, you know, the, 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 the disposable kitchen towel, like your bounty and what have you. Is it called bounty or is it plenty or? Plenty now. Plenty. Oh, I can't remember. They changed the name. Changed the name. Anyway, kitchen towel and a bit of baking pa- paper or baking parchment or whatever you want to call it. The, the, you know, the different names. Yeah. And it works because it creates that one way membrane. And I got this, the way to do I did it was from Darren Latham. He's one of the model designers at Games Workshop. He's got a YouTube video. Seriously. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Go, go watch that. It will change your painting. Anyway, yeah. another tangent, but actually a good one. A good tangent for people. But because I'm going to improve my technique. edge highlighting through that. Yeah, that's a painting I'm going to use that to improve my edge highlighting. Yeah, okay. So my goals, personally, now, I've not set a number. Because last year, it was like, I want to paint more than what I painted, which the year before, which is 867. And I've gone way over that. So I'm not going to say, Don't oh, I'm going to paint more. I'm going to paint 1,500 models. Just not going to happen. So I want to, I want to work on various armies and various things. So I want to paint 2,000 points of Necrons for Warhammer 40k. I want to paint 1,000 points of early war Germans for bolt action. Uh, 2,000 points of fleshy to courts for Warhammer Age of Sigmar. Although that's going to require some model buying. I want to paint my Scourge for Drop Fleet Commander. I want to paint all my Scourge for Drop Fleet Commander, but I'm going to have to strip some of those ships because I'm going to do them in a um, colour shift. Ooh, that'll be nice. Yeah, I've got a Turbo Door colour shift, uh, Shell Shocked. And these are, I mean, that just agitate this in the bottle. <laughs> it's, it's a lovely paint. And uh, honestly, seriously, when it when it goes on, it's going to be that colour, that, that green uh, to purple. Yeah. And it's just going to look fantastic. And I'm going I've to put pictures that- of them. Over a, color shift on the over a gloss color. black. Um, That's going to look good. It's going to look really good. Yeah. Okay, I also want to paint Blackstone Fortress and its expansions. Because I bought it when it was out. I bought all the expansions for it. It's been Literally there. everything that's been sat there, it's going to get done. And I want to bring my Mechanicum for Horus Heresy up to 3,000 points, including the Warhound Titan. The big question on everybody's lips is... Is your pile of shame going to get smaller with all of this? Or are you simply just going to buy more? No, I am going to buy less this year. I'm going to buy less this year. I am going to buy less this year. Uh, I bought quite a bit last year. I mean, the pandemic sent me into sort of buy everything. Um, so as soon as I was getting some money from Lindsay, I was like buying something. Um, probably not the right way to go about it. Um, I do want to add a few things to the to the pile, but not as much as... I have done in previous years. Um, well, there you go. That's about it, you know. A couple of goals. A couple of models for the Death Guard. Yeah. There's a couple of other things I'd like to do as well, like rebase the space walls, uh, put them onto 32 mil bases, but uh, I definitely want to rebase the orcs. So maybe get all the orcs finished off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, 
there's also a fantastic Discord server that Jess has set up. Um, because if you don't know Discord, it's kind of, like, kind of a chat program. It's sort of a, um, I don't know if anybody remembers Google Wave. I do not. No, Google Wave was fantastic, just way ahead of its time. Discord is kind of, it's a bit more of a gamery orientated version of Slack. And I think a lot of people might know Slack from working, especially in office-based environments and, and teams. So it's a bit like that. Uh, and it's a very friendly and welcoming place. I think Megan's got a lot to say about that. Yeah, I. you got me onto it. I was reluctant to actually join Discord and the server because, you know, wargaming groups can be like really macho places, really unwelcoming, um, especially to women. But Mm -hmm. um, this group's like the opposite because it's everyone's open there to chat and there's a lot of positive comments about models rather than being quite negative and nitpicky about things. Mm -hmm. And um, any feedback that people might ask for, um, it's always constructive and positive feedback. bits in there too and um there's no tearing each other down and the um it's welcoming to the lgbtq community as well because um i mean members of the team adminning the group are part of that community so um anybody that's part of that community can feel like it's a safe and welcoming space for them as well exactly and there's not a there is a bit of hostility towards that on facebook sadly um and women hobby, women hobbyists do get, you know, a lot of aggression on Twitter. Although that probably is a better environment than Facebook. Um, yeah, but it's a good server. Key focus is hobby, but also very friendly with the with the obligatory pets and plus channel. Yeah, started by you. You, you well, I didn't you start suge- it. I suggested. You suggested it. that. I suggested it. You but- said, "Look, I want to show you a picture of my cat." Yeah, it gets pictures of Barrington and Jenny and Bonnie, and I don't think we've put Gandalf up there. I don't think I have. I need to fix that. Ugh. I'll go and fix that when we've yeah. done recording. Anyway, we highly recommend you go join the server. We're going to throw a link up on our show notes in on the podcast website, which is hobbyroom.uk. Yeah. So um, we couldn't really suggest, like, talk about this. Um, it's not really fair on Jess if we don't mention that she's almost a commission painter. And yep. a really good one, too. Really, really good. You can see what she posts on Instagram, how good a painter at the at the beers. Very reasonably priced, doing tabletop standard for two times GWRP, um, which is not a bad rate at all. Um, and um, her work is really good. At the minute, she's on a bit of an old hammer kick. She's doing a uh, a, a, War, a Warhammer Fantasy Battles Wood Elves Army, a very yeah. 90s Wood Elves Army. <laughs> really cool. Yeah, yeah. Back from when I played Warhammer Fantasy. Although I did Chaos Doors and I don't think her... I think her models are sort of um, newer than the ones I had when I was a kid. Um, but if you do want to support her, but you can't commission any models or you paint yourself, awesome. You can still support her because she's got a Patreon. Yep. And we ourselves do as well. We, we back that, um, we back that Patreon and, you know, put a dollar or two in the tip jar. Awesome. Or you can buy her a coffee on Ko-Fi. So yeah, that's, uh, that's about it really. Yeah. So move into a uh, closing, I guess. So, um, thank you guys for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Um, if there's anything you'd like to give us feedback from, that would be amazing. 
Yep. Um, if there's anything you'd like to see featured or anything that you would like to talk about, then you can get in touch with us. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram on the Hobby Studio Podcast. And we're on Twitter at Hobby Studio Pod. Um, the website is hobbystudio.edgeofempire.co.uk and uh, those links will be in the show notes. So what kind of things do we think we'll cover next show, Megan? We'll be covering Star Wars Legions and The Walking Dead. Walking Dead, yes, The Walking Dead. Forgot that for a minute, didn't we? We did. Yeah. <laughs> there, those two will definitely be covered and probably something else as well. Yes, we'll fix something else in there as well. Hopefully something for everybody. So in the meantime, if you want to share your hobby progress with us, that would be fantastic. We'd love to see it and um, keep on painting and playing. Yeah. So bye. Maybe not so much playing right now. There's less playing going on because of uh, what the situation. Yeah, I guess so. No excuse for unpainted armies. Nah, I'm only joking. People got work. (laughs) But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Bye bye.